We're back, episode 29 of Built for Better. Today I had Nick Bowdage back on. So if you want to know Nick's story, go back and listen to episode 12. Uh, But today we just jump on and we have just a general chat about everything, really. Uh, Nick's one of my mentors. He's someone that I really look up to. um, And I really enjoyed this chat. Uh, With no structure, I feel like it was uh, one of the better ones I've done. Uh, But before we get into it, let's roll the intro. I'm sick of us not doing this right, that's why I think I'm cutting you from my life. No more. I'm sick of us not doing this right, that's why I think I'm cutting you from my life. No more. Wasted energy, spinning the pace for every hour of waste. I need an escape to center me. And I don't mean to make a rush for the door, but time's a currency, I'm currently poor. I'll be leaving it soon, I don't mean to be rude, but this scene ain't for me, like your mom's seeing your nudes. I got places Yeah, what's happening? Mate. Not much. I'm I'm worried that I've zeroed into this quarantine, slow down my life stuff a little bit too much, if anything. And uh, I'm a bit too used to it, I think. But, How long has uh, it been for you? I'm just looking at my calendar now. We closed the gym on the 23rd, the weekend you were out of March. Well, that was my last, that was definitely my last gig, so... Did you have any cancelled before that or not really? Not before that, but that next week I had two and now I've had um, about 15, 16 jobs cancelled. So It's only been two months. It feels like a lot longer. <laughs> it does, eh? And it's funny how you go through things, right? So the first few, first two weeks, I was like, oh, this is awesome. Like, I feel like I've been training this my whole life as an, as an introvert who doesn't particularly like going out or doing anything anyway. Like, I'm like, this is awesome, you know? Um, but then I was like... the ice cream shop across the road, eh? Well, yeah. It's, <laughs> that's, that's an essential service, mate. It stayed open. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And then I sort of went through just into a bit of a depression, not a depression, but just like a bit of a lull where I was like, oh, this sucks, you know, this is terrible. And now I just feel like I'm used to it. I'm worried about what it's going to be, like this new normal is going to be like, you know. People going to, like I'm loving the fact that nobody touches me and nobody comes within six feet of me. That's awesome. Can we keep that up once it's all back to normal? Like I'm loving the fact that people wash their hands. Like, you know, I'm, there's lots to be thankful for. Do you, do you think people are just going to go back to being grubs? I don't know, to be honest. Do you think people will still stand an appropriate distance away from you while you're in the checkout queue? No. It'll go back to normal very quickly, I reckon. <laughs> well, I'm not loving that idea. Think about, think about gyms that I don't get, right? I understand, you know, people getting on and off a... I don't know, like a bench press machine or picking up and putting down dumbbells and stuff. I get that, why that's a, why that's considered a risk and why that's slowing down, the gym's coming back, right? But what about if there was a gym like yours where you could just do bodyweight exercises or you could just get everyone to have a designated set of dumbbells or something for the session, you know? I don't understand why that can't come back if if it's... If it's especially you know watching a game of rugby league last night, <laughs> where there's clearly not distancing happening there. Plus, they were clearly on TV all sharing random bottles, drink bottles, and towels covered in sweat. 
like you know like where's what's going on what's the where's the line where's the where's where's the common sense of it i don't know like i've got a plan that i could have 20 people in my gym with social distancing not sharing equipment to work perfectly like i'm just going to square boxes up um, I've got 10 squat stations, so if 10 people are squatting on, on the right-hand side of the sled track and then I'll box up 20 squares on the left-hand side of the sled track yep. um, and have a cardio machine in each one and it's like, you know, that's your machine uh, and then halfway through the session, you clean your barbell and your weights you use, you clean your cardio machine and then we switch. And then before you go home, you clean it, you go, and then the next group come in. So. Yep. I understand like there's anytime fitnesses and that kind of thing that have a thousand members, but there's also the gyms like us that there's, you know, anyhow. And look, I think a a gym that, you know, like the, like where I go here near my place where, you know, I go at one o'clock in the morning sort of thing and and be there on my own. Like who knows what's happening then, you know, what's happening in your gym in that session of 20 people under your direct supervision and your encouragement to clean and all of that. Surely that can't be seen as the same as a Globo gym, you know, letting yeah, people like in. A, 1 a.m., you could jump off the treadmill sweating up and not wipe it over, eh? And no one knows. Well, not me, not me, do. but other, yeah. other people. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> or the bloke before you at 8 p.m. that got off it. Mate, the right up by the time you get there at 1. That, that, that gym is a lot cleaner when I leave compared to when I get there, trust me. Yeah. <laughs> the OCD, eh? No, a little bit, a little bit. But, uh, you know, that's, but, you know, uh, you ask how I'm going. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm just settled in. I, I, my business has changed a lot and hopefully it can change back, you know, once everything comes back to something close to normal. I'm missing being on the road. I'm missing being on stage. I've been doing sessions, you know, uh, sorry, uh, gigs, you know, on Zoom and that, but you don't, you don't get anything back. You know, from the crowd because they're all on mute. Sometimes you can see their faces and stuff, but you know, everyone's on mute, and you feel like you're just sort of talking to yourself. And for someone who, you know, desperately needs everyone in the world to love them, <laughs> I kind of need to hear from the audience. You know, when's your next kind of speaking gig that's locked in that's not cancelled? Or well, the fir- the closest one that's still in the book is October. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, I'm, I'm actually not thinking that's going to happen. I'm actually thinking it's kind of January or February before people will put on an event where a thousand people are going to be in a room. I mean, would you go, would you go to an event and sit on a chair next to someone else? Yeah. I don't know if I would. Country boy, see? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but that means that I would think that would make you less likely to do that. But yeah, you're a bit odd. <laughs> how how are you how are you going? How are you going with like just not not having that everyday interaction with people and not being the not the center of attention, but not being the the guy who people come into the business every day into your business every day. Yeah, it's diff- it's it's been a big change for sure. And to start with, like. I kind of, when we closed the door, I kind of expected the whole world or like the whole of Australia was going to shut down to a certain Mm. degree Mm. and that didn't eventuate. It was just kind of like pubs, beauty salons, gyms, 
and kind of social gatherings, everything else kind of kept rolling. Like I'd go out for a walk in the day and at one stage you wouldn't even pass a car. Like kind of everyone took it pretty serious for a certain amount of time. Yeah. Um, but it was kind of like the norm, but I'm just itching at the bit now. <laughs> like um, we're actually doing a boot camp um, tomorrow, um, which is – Oh, right, outdoors? Yeah, outdoors, which I've kind of – like to start with, we, when the gym closed, we could have went outdoors, but I didn't feel like it was the right thing to do, to be honest with you. Why not? Other people were doing it. I mean, other gyms, not in Condo necessarily. But yeah, I just gyms. thought it was a very serious thing that we could have done it a better way, and I feel like we did do it a better way with loaning out our equipment um, and and doing home programming. Like that was the, the safest option, I felt. Yeah, but, you know, maybe you could look at it like because some of us did take it seriously and did do the right thing at the start, that's why we're now feeling like let's just get going again, you know. Like in the US today, they they ticked over 100,000 people dead from it. In Australia, there's 100 people dead from it. Like I know it's a much bigger place, but it's not that much bigger. It's not. It's disproportionately more people. So I feel like, and that's the thing that kind of, I'm weirdly proud of Australians because we tend not to be a very compliant bunch, you know. Like I don't think Australians really <laughs> do, do what they're told much. Um, but I feel like, We've done a pretty good job at this. Yeah, hundred percent. In in condo, has there been any kind of? Because I live so, for people listening, I live in a, a coastal town, um, sort of a half hippie town, pretty non-compliant, lots of anti-vax sort of stuff, and and people, lots of conspiracy theories. You know, five G has definitely caused coronavirus here on the central coast. Um, According Beautiful to eight, eight out of ten of my Facebook connections, but um, you know, here there's been a bit of pushback on it all, and and you know, now it's starting to be, you know, um, we're just going to do it, and we're just going to get, you know, blah, blah, blah. how have people of condo and country towns, how have they handled it? How has it changed life there? I think everyone was probably. Um nervous i guess to start and did sort of take backward steps but i think as time has progressed everyone's relaxed their measures you know like um we've still been going you know mum and dad's for dinner my brother's been in town he's got been coming and training with me and stuff um and i think everyone's kind of pretty similar in that regards like initially but we're talking you know easter time it was you know, really serious. But but by the end of April, so the last month, I think everyone's relaxed dramatically, to be honest yeah. with you. Does does your brother realise he's only invited the gym to film you for Instagram? Like, does he know that's the only reason <laughs> they're invited? Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> when, when, it, when it all started, remember um, we talked about, um, you know, how you keep the business front of mind and, and how you keep the, the, your community, your very engaged community, keep them engaged. And, and you went to the online space and you, and you gave out all that gear and, and everything and, and people were right into it. How, do you feel like people have um, maintained that level of enthusiasm for their own, not, not, nothing to do with your brand or your equipment or your style of training even, but do you feel like people have maintained the levels, same level of enthusiasm for their own health and fitness? as they were at the start to now? Or do you feel like people are getting a bit slack and a bit lazy and a bit less 
focused on nutrition and stuff like that? I think people have probably gone in waves. Like people, everyone was a little bit different, like depending on what line of work they were in and what their circumstances were. But like, you know, for the first month there were groups that were doing really, really well and then they kind of died off towards the midpoint and now they're picking it back up a little bit because they can kind of see lighter when the gym's open. Yeah, yeah. There were people who kind of wanted nothing to do with it initially which but have jumped on board sort of four or six weeks in and have kind of picked up when they've kind of realised, well, this is actually going to drag on for a little bit. It's not just going to be a short time. Um, but then there's also a couple of clients, um, well, two Three, I guess, in particular, two of them are doing 75 hard with me um, and they're sort of down. Both of them are roughly four or five kilos over this Since, isolation period. Wow. That's yeah. unreal. So, you know, I know myself, I'm coming out of it in the best fitness I've ever been in for sure, probably the best shape I've been in in a couple of years. So. What, don't, don't get what's me that got wrong. to do with the isolation? Right around to east. I cried around to Easter though for two weeks. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> yes, I, I do remember that was an ordinary couple of weeks to be in your life. Um, what? Um, why do you think that is? Why do you think it's? What do you think your improved physical shape and mental state has to do with the isolation? Like, why is is it related or not? It definitely is, um, but I guess I've seen it as an opportunity. It could have went two ways. Could have went to the back to the gym five kilos heavier and probably trained, you know, two to three times a week. Or I could have used it as an advantage to try some new things that I haven't done that I might be able to implement into training. Like I feel like my job as a coach is I have to try different styles of training before I then pass it on to my clients. So I've used this time to dive deep into education, into different things that we weren't offering in the gym that other people have been saying they've been getting really good results with, but you need to do it yourself to believe it. Like what, the daily walks and just, just little things like that? Or I've really preached is you must get 10,000 steps a day. When I'm not spending um, the hours on the gym floor, I'm sitting here at an office, I've got to walk. It's a 6K walk every day to get 10,000 steps. Um, so that's one part of it. But then there's like this ATG program that um, heaps of people have been raving on. So I've dived into that. I'm doing that two to three times a week myself. Yep. Um, and I did that for I suppose it would have been six or eight weeks. And then I thought I hadn't squatted. I didn't have a squat rack at home. And I went to the gym and I squatted and my squats were at sort of lifetime PB levels when I hadn't been squatting. Because of the other work? Because of the other work. Yeah, wow. Yeah. How- I sort of went in with the intention and I was blowing my intentions out of the wall. You know, I thought, sort of thought if I had 120 here, it's a good day and then I'm walking out hitting 135. See, we are literally headed in, in opposite directions right now. Like from the start of the ice, so when I, when I was out in condo and I was training really hard then and, um, you know, like everything was sort of going well and then just that first kind of two weeks of losing what felt like losing my whole year's work, losing my identity attached to that. And I just thought, fuck this. I just, you know, just descended into that. Everyone else is all right, but I'm no good. You know, blah, blah, blah. And, and I haven't got out of it really. Like I've not trained regularly the whole time. So, so occasionally I, 
I just get a little whiff of, you know, a couple of days and I hit it pretty hard and then I just go back into watching Netflix. I think the blessing for me is I'm doing this it's like Andy Frisella 75 hard and the thing is if I don't nail my nutrition, if I don't do two sessions a day, you know, today I'm at day 46, but if I don't do one of them today, I don't miss today and then when I get it next time at day 47, I'm back at day one. So it mm. promotes consistency. But but that also promotes self accountability, right? Because like I know when I was when I was really fat, when I was like forty kilos over, I I would just I would just tell you that I did that. You know, I would just tell myself that I did that. You know, and, and it's you know, it doesn't matter if you're lying to someone else, if you're lying to yourself. It's that's the that's the that's the start and finish of it, really. So I feel like those sort of uh, programs, seventy five hard or the you know, just doing something consistently for a year or consistently for a week. Um, that sort of accountability stuff is is on the doer, not not the observer. You know, I I, I know that, like for instance, I know that when I've sat in a, a room of um, you know a twelve step meeting, Narcotics Anonymous meeting, right, and and I know for a fact that a quarter of that room is is still using. They just they're just lying, and it's weird, right, because it's the last group on earth they'd have to lie to other people in that room but it's just there's just so much shame tied up in that that people go oh, yeah, I'm, you know it's, I'm, it's hard but i'm still going and you're like are you though because you look high as fuck right now you know like that kind of thing and i feel like it's the same in a gym you know same in a gym community do you, do you feel like i feel like your community though is pretty pretty legit in the people that i've spoken to who are part of ltf who you know, who would just say like me, like I haven't, I haven't trained consistently in eight weeks and other people will be like, well, you know, just as obvious, just as uh, honest about having trained all that time. You, you've built a pretty sound community of people in that way. Yeah, 100%. And something that I've kind of, <laughs> I think you can lie to anyone, but you can't really lie to yourself though, do you reckon? You could look in the mirror the only person well, well I kind of feel like once you lie to yourself, it doesn't matter who else you lie to. Like, 100%. You, 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 lying to yourself is is what you do sitting at the top of that slippery dip. Yeah. <laughs> and as soon as you do it, you just push yourself off. Like, and 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 I can remember, you know, at my low moments in my life when when I haven't had the best mental health and when I have been in the grips of that addiction and stuff. You, I would lie to myself really easily, so much so that I would believe it. Like it was, you know, that's that's when you have to worry, I think, when you're just so used to not being truthful that you don't actually remember what the sensation of being truthful is like. It's so messed up, you know. You must see that all, oh, not all the time, but you must see that a lot in people. You know, when, when they come in and, and doing PT with someone, you say, or you get them to do a food diary. Like how many people are honest with a food diary? The ones who don't get the weight loss results pretty much. They're honest or they're not honest? Not honest. Yeah, right. You know, like it's it's a dead set given. If you do the work, you're going to get the results. But, yeah. you know, like it's a combination of everyone at LTF who's got tremendous results. They've made the sacrifices. They've done the work. And there's been people who have showed up at LTF and just think that just because you walk through the door, you're going to get the results that some of the clients have got. But 
something I'm constantly pulling my hair out about, like, you know, 20% or 25% of people are getting the weight loss results they want. How do you get the other 75%? Well, you don't. They they do. Like, they have to, they have to get that. They have to. Uh, but the good part about, like, the food diary honesty part, like, I remember when, when I first lost all, all the weight that I was carrying and got fit and started boxing and all that, you know, a couple of years, a few years ago now, I loved doing my food diary because I've never, ever, I can say this out loud, you're going to hate me for saying this, but I've never, well, you wouldn't actually, I've never been super diligent, really good with my eating ever. Even, even at my fittest, a few years ago, like when I really got knuckled down and really lost heaps of weight and got super fit, I was still eating shit here and there, just not as much, obviously. Um, but I used to enjoy putting that in the diary, you know, and, and showing, showing my cash, you know, yeah, check out the two chiquitos and the fucking bowl of, you know, Cadbury dairy milk ice cream. But two, pa- two parts to that, like I always say to my clients when we're starting the challenge, now, what goes in your mouth doesn't affect me. If I go into the coffee shop and I see you eating a brownie, I do not care. It's not going in my body. It's not affecting my goals. It's affecting you. So don't try and hide it from me because I don't. I don't honestly don't care. Like, um, but males can get away with it so much easier with sneaking a few things into our diet because we. If we go into a 30% deficit, a 30% deficit for a male compared to a 30% deficit for a female is a lot different. Right. So Hormonally because of hormones or me- me- metabolism or what? We, we get more um, – we have a bigger total daily energy expenditure. Right. So th- say if you go into 30%, you might be banking 700 calories a day. Yep where a female might only be banking 300 calories a day. Yeah. So if you nail that five days and you have a blowout on a Saturday, you could potentially still be in a calorie deficit where the female could could have um, gone over her <laughs> weekly calories just with one little blowout. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm sort of at the, at the age in my life now and stage in my life where the only reason I train there's two reasons. There's only there's only two reasons why I train regularly and consistently and hard when I do. And I do train hard when I'm training. Like I, I, I can honestly say that. But, but the only, there's only two reasons. One, it keeps me sane. helps my mental health so much. And the second reason is so I can eat shit food. Like and not feel like it's all brought me undone. You know, I can have, I mean, I can't even, I don't even eat that much shit food, honestly. I eat little bits of it, you know, but I can have that chockey or I can have the, Oh, I don't know, I can have the burger from grilled or whatever once a week. And, and I, that's the reason I train is so I can eat that stuff, so I can have a donut, so I can have pizza now and then. Like, but that's um, the thing. Your goal isn't to lose five kilos either. Nah, I just my goal through training is to be healthy, strong, and injury-free. Yeah. like, And that's like you're training to feel better pretty much. And to stay better? Like... Like I'm, I'm gonna be fifty next year. I can't, I, I can't even wrap my head around that, you know. But when I was twenty, a fifty-year-old had a walking stick. Yeah, you don't want to get older and weaker. No, no. So I'm, yeah, I'm doing everything I can to to keep my body in the forties 
for as long as I can, man. Like, I know it's not going to get in the 30s, and I'm okay with that. Uh, but I just don't want to be. I don't want to be. I don't want to be frail. I don't want to be injured all the time. I don't want to be sore. You know, I, I want to be able to chase my kids around. I want to be able to pick stuff up when I have to. You know, I, I just want to be functional. I suppose, um, as opposed to you know looking great or being able to deadlift. You know, whatever. That, that, all that stuff's good, and and the increased strength in that stuff is really good for me in so many other ways. But it's just about having a healthy life that I'm not sore. Really, that's the main reason for me training, apart from being able to eat donuts. Yeah, for sure. And what have you been using this downtime for? Um, been writing another book? Have you been online courses? So I've been creating some courses. I've been doing some online conference, like online gigs, speaking gigs. So um, some of the gigs that I had booked in, you know, that were offline at a convention center or something. They've become on Zoom, so I've been doing a bit of that. Um, my the, my therapy, the counselling and coaching side of my business has picked up dramatically, um, which is kind of sad in some ways, I guess. Um, since the start, people are some people are seeing a lot less hope in their life, which is pretty rough. Um, someone said Beyond Blues up seventy percent. I know Lifeline's up over a hundred percent of calls every day. Um, and they already receive, you know, three million calls a year or some crazy thing. Like it's so yeah. There's look a lot of people like you and I live in a world now own our own business and that entrepreneurial kind of up and down bullshit that we go through. We we're all right <laughs> through this, you know. It's when when you lose all your income or when you lose your, your job and whatever, and and it and you're used to that. Some days are diamonds and some weeks are not. It's it's less troubling if you've if you've had a job, I don't know, in tourism um, all your life, and and you've worked in the same place, you've worked in the pub for thirty five years, and the pub's class closed, and you've lost your job. Like that's that's a struggle. When when people who aren't haven't chosen the life that we've chosen, <laughs> the business life that we've chosen, um, are suddenly thrust into it, and they've they feel like they've lost everything. When and you it sign doesn't up take to run in your own business. You sign up to ride in a roller coaster, don't you? <laughs> totally. I mean, I I don't know. I don't know. I know a lot of people who own their own small business or startup. I don't know one who has no problems with cash flow. Like not one. Cash flow is the biggest and worst uh, downside of of small business, and and it's actually the thing that customers of small business don't get they think oh i won't pay logan this month like there's all these other people paying him so uh, you know he, he can handle it like you're the bank or something and you can just but then it only takes four or five of those people to say that in the same month and you bug it yeah one of my coaches say we need to get this this and this equipment and i was like yeah we just need to you know keep rolling for a little bit more and he's like well, There'd be cash in the account, wouldn't there? I was like, yeah, look, look at all the people coming in. Like all these people are paying and people do the maths, right? They go, it's oh, well, there's, there's 30 people here. They're all paying this that much. And you're like, yeah, okay, that's that's in that's in column A. That's money in. Let's talk about column B, you know. Um, I mean, but if people don't know that, like so they, they're not taking the piss out of you. They just don't know that. Like, no, 100%. You know, I think people think, people who have a small business or whatever have bought a job and it's a breeze. 
and all you all you do is play golf and muck around and occasionally going to work and you just you know and oh, I guess for some people that probably is true. It's it's not for me, and I know it's not for you because I know your business real well. I um I had a couple of you know old people around town. A few of them are friends. Like asked me about running my their my own business because they're thinking about you know leaving what they're doing and uh, just don't and, do it. <laughs> they're like, "What's it like?" And I was like, "It's really good if you don't want to have a day off ever." <laughs> And, uh, yeah, that's just explain the cash flow thing to them. It's like it's not all it's cracked up to be. And I always refer it back to essential energy. Like if I put in two weeks holiday at essential, if I walked out that gate at 4 o'clock on a Friday afternoon, I didn't think about that till I walked back in on the Monday two weeks later. I was like, there's just none of that. And, yep. you know, just guaranteed payments in the bank every second Thursday. Yep. And it's not the waking up at 3 o'clock and thinking, oh, shit, have I? Have I done that or, you know, have I paid my bars or have I, you know, whatever it takes. I mean, look, it, there's, there's loads and loads of advantages of a of small business and of having and not having a salary job and, and all that. But, um, yeah, cash flow sucks, man. I, 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 even when I was – and my business is, has not shrunk but has gotten smaller by my own design over the years because I, I want to have staff and I don't want to have, you know, this and that anymore but when i have had it before and and i can remember times when i had a really really asset rich business um but you know would pull up at the servo and sit there for five minutes in the car thinking how am i going to pay for this fuel like i've got no i've got no cash like actual spending cash and that's that's not great you know that's not a great feeling when you can't do that or you can't you know you can't give your kid four bucks for a lunch order at school because you don't have four literally don't have four dollars like of actual dollars you know like it's all tied up somewhere else but i think it was the first 18 months or two years at ltf i didn't draw a wage i just reinvested everything back in more gear more gear more gear i think i think at one stage the small business average in australia was four years before the owner or the director or whatever drew a wage so you were as terrible as that sounds, you're actually in front. You know? yeah. But the but but the actual the actual upside of that is though you look at you look at the business now LTF now when it's when all that gear is in the actually in the gym, and there's a lot of gear that yeah. you know is now a really saleable asset. If it all went tits up, all that gear is a really saleable asset for a good amount of cash if you really you know really needed it. But how how have you? Um, I was going to ask before with with the um, 75 hard and the and the nutrition part of it especially how do you cope with eating how does your family cope with you eating so well and so disciplined and rigidly disciplined is melissa and the boys just coping with that or are they eating separately to you like how, how do you i think this is a good a good discussion maybe when there's one person in the in your fa- in in a family training at lcf and they're trying to do the right thing with the macros and all of that, and the rest of the family they're eating, you know, hamburgers and pizza. Well, how do you how do you operate that? How do you manage that? Speaking of hamburgers, we went to mum and dad's for dinner because Regan's got to go back to Sydney uh, tomorrow and yeah. having burgers. So my burgers went in between lettuce leaves. <laughs> That's just uh, <laughs> I would rather actually not very that. enjoyable. It surprised me. <laughs> they all sat up and ate their burgers. Just happily in front of you? Yeah. 
But how, how does how does Melissa do it at home? Like, is she on the same nutrition train? Does she have to be on the same nutrition train you're on? The kids, for for, for one, um, pretty much when you're a kid, you eat like a kid, you know, pretty much eat like and whatever you can get down his mouth, let him eat at the moment. Like he's kind of a little bit hard. He's just like not, not eating that, not eating that. So it's kind of like whatever he'll eat, like we'll eat, he'll eat. Um, and, yeah, Louis kind of sorted still. Um, is, is Louis eating food now, though? Yeah, yeah just starting to, yeah. Yep. Well, not just starting to. He's been shoveling. He looks like he's been eating food for about six years, that kid. <laughs> He'll clean up his plate and Eli's once he can. <laughs> well, he's getting around now. He's crawling now, the big fella. So, <laughs> oh, Yeah, gee, I don't miss that, mate. Yeah. But what about Melissa? Is she? We just eat the roughly the same. Like she preps my brekkie because she doesn't really want to eat that. So I just have like mince with veggies through it and I put it with a bit of rice. That doesn't really float her boat. So she does her own kind of thing for brekkie. But we're kind of on the run anyways, getting the kids yeah. ready and she's flying out the door to work. Lunches are the same, like she normally cooks like a stir fry or a curry so that I can just go in out of the office and heat it up and then she can take it to work with her. Yep. Um, and dinners, we roughly eat the same. Th- we eat the same thing as well. Like normally it's just salad and protein. Like it's just my serving sizes are a bit bigger. Because how, how do you advise your clients to get around that if they're, say they're a, a mum of, you know, actual eating annoying humans you know adolescents not like okay our kids but older kids and a husband and whatever and and she wants to eat well and they all want to eat crap like how do you advise people to manage that in a household it's super hard like you've really got to have a strong why and you've nearly got to cook your own stuff if they're not going to abide into it um if you're really serious about getting results um, because because there's a feeling I guess you have when you're like, why won't you just eat this stuff because it's really good for you? But but your motivation isn't their motivation. Like they don't have to do that, and neither do you. You know, if you're that person too. But it's, it must be really hard to get past that. You know. Yeah, I do see it a lot. But then a lot of the clients are at that stage where they're just fed up with being how they are, and they're just prepared to do that. Like they really want to make the change. Like, don't get me wrong, there's still a lot that don't get the support they need and don't don't get the results they want because it's just too hard. And I can understand that now I've got kids. I know how hard it is. Yeah, me too. You know, it's, most of our moms probably <laughs> left getting their kids ready and, you know, it's probably just easier for them to pop a piece of toast in the toaster and eat it on the run while they're packing the kids' lunches and stuff, you know? Yeah, totally. Uh, Eating good can be can be easy, but you've just got to be prepared. That's the thing. That that meal prep is uh, is so important, eh? Like I feel like because I, I feel like once you in that space, it's it's really any routine is like that. You know, you just it's just what you do, and you get past it. But it's that you know we're going for the in laws for dinner. What do we do now? Or or you know giving the kids lunch orders what you know that sort of stuff that it's everyday life that's you know sometimes i feel like a tv show like biggest loser or or being in a community like ltf but whatever not not as bad you know where, where there's a lot of it's okay for people if they're in a house with 
two chefs and three trainers and training four times a day in house and, and whatever. It's it's once you introduce real life that it's actually becomes a challenge. Hundred percent. And I've never been as strict as what I have been now. Like forty five days, no cheat meal or anything like that. Like before, I eat good, but I'd still, you know, burger on the weekend or something like that. Um, but now like doing this challenge because it's such a risk to go back to day one and I don't want to do that. I kind of committed and I've got clients that are on day 45 as well. If I went to my in-laws and they weren't eating something that like would make me go back to day one, I would not eat it. You just wouldn't? Yeah. No. But in saying that, like I wouldn't preach this to anyone. What? Yeah. You know, like what? it's a cutthroat approach. What's been the hardest thing? To be honest, training twice a day has been the hardest. Getting out to go for one of them walks some days or going out to the shed, do that session. Um, one night I was doing some um, jobs down at the gym. We put some new mirrors and stuff up um, and I... Oh, that was with your dad, eh? Yeah, and I left him there while I went and did a walk and then I promised Eli when he woke up I'd take him out to um, one of my friends and get on the tractor. And it was a Saturday night and I went out to the gym and I cycled for 45 minutes at 9 o'clock at night to, to get my second session in. Yeah. Um, so, so run me through it. Every day it's cold shower, two training, three pretty rigid meals or five rigid meals. So it's um, the cold shower has nothing to do with it. That's just... Oh, I thought that was part of it. No. Nah. So it's just two 45-minute sessions. One has to be outdoors. So there's been a few times I've strolled out for my walk and I've in the rain. In the rain. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty horrid. Um, so new, uh, nutrition, you pick your plan and you just follow it. Like, so it's whatever your goals are. Okay. And that's that's it? And then it's a photo every day, four litres of water and 10 pages of a self-development book. I think I'd struggle with the water. Yeah, it's hard, eh? If you're not, you need to be on the ball. Because four litres is, yeah, that's a lot of water. (laughs) You must never leave the bloody bathroom. Yeah. Or never leave proximity of one. Up and down, up and down. And how are are your clients going on it, the ones that are doing it? So six started, two just like said, I can't do it. And one failed one day. She said she just had a really bad day with the kids and stuff. But the next day was actually Mother's Day and she, like, just started again, bang, on day one. And I think she's up to, like, day 20-something already. So she'd done really well to bounce back. I don't think I'd start again, mate. No, it'd be hard. It'd be hard. I'll be honest, mate. Maybe if I was in the single digits, I might start again. Because I remember when I, you know, when I was swimming, and a couple of nights, I so I um, I challenged myself to swim in the ocean every day. That was a challenge that I just just finished in April. And um, you know, a couple of nights at ten o'clock at night, I sort of realised I hadn't done it yet. You know, I'd just been busy or, or whatever. And I, and that's when the, the old thinking kicks in. You know, just just don't worry, don't. No one's going to know. Like, no one will ever know I didn't do it. Like, just don't do it. <laughs> but then the other half of the brain kicks in and goes, no, we've got to go. So, you know, I'd down there at 10.30 at night and in 
pitch black and jump in the ocean. But Yeah, speaking of that, last night I forgot to cold shower till 9.30 last night. So jumping in the cold shower at 9.30 before you get into bed, that wasn't ideal. So with <laughs> in contact. <laughs> In winter. I just want to like you've inspired me to get the streak going. I just really want to get one year, but like I've yeah. really been out of it lately. Like it's a struggle to get into it. But here, but here's the funny thing about people like you and me in doing that. It just becomes, it just becomes pride over, over function, over effectiveness. Right? Like when I was, when I was kind of nine months into it. Like the, when I was nine days into it, there was no reason to be doing it. Like no one was holding a gun to my head. No one was coming with me every day or anything like that. Um, and it just becomes that sense of pride, that sense of accomplishment. I'm I'm just going to bloody do it. Like, you know, and you think about how many people say when you start something, when you start anything, how, people, people, how many, you know, negative people just say, you'll never do that. That's my fuel, man. When someone says to me, you won't, I say, you watch. I, I need to lose a bit of that because there's a lot of ego drawn up in that. But, yeah, it's a big fault. In saying that, when I'm saying I'm doing so good, my fitness is the best, there's been a few times I've said to Melissa, I'm lucky I'm doing this challenge because I think I'd be on a downward spiral if I wasn't. Like just keeping that consistency yeah. has been a big part of this. How How's the taking a photo of yourself every day? Every day? Like how is that from a mental state point of view? Is it hard? It's for me, it doesn't bother me, but it's remembering to do it is the hardest bit because I've sort of up and dressed. That must be really challenging for some people. The hardest part, yeah. That's what he's like. It seems the easiest, but it'll be the thing that you probably more than likely forget. But I don't mean mean forget. I I mean, like, for some people to literally look at them, I presume you take your shirt off or or whatever to do it, right? So, like, for some people, that would be a real challenge. Yeah, look at themselves in that way and take a photo. Like, not not yeah. I mean, not everyone's the <laughs> the zero fucks given exhibitionist that some of us are. But you know, some people are, are funny about that stuff. He has a part two to this seventy five hard to see, but you got to have thirty days off after seventy five. Like, you can't go straight into it because he wants. God, to- what's part two? Can't get worse. Five minute cold showers in it. Yeah, no. Nah. I don't know how I'd go doing staying in there five minutes. Like I'd get one minute to struggle at the minute. Yeah, well, it is almost winter in Condoblin. Like, <laughs> how, so how do you? I can remember when you started it and and you were doing like hot, cold, hot, right? No, nah, I was doing hot, get in hot, and then finish on cold. That's right. And is it now just one hundred percent cold? Yeah, I just spinner on cold, five big deep breaths, jump in. As you jump in, breathe out. That's kind of the key. <sighs> uh, nah, oh, nah, you can have that. I did, as you know, I jumped in that bloody freezer in LCF. That was that was not as dramatic as I felt felt like it was going to be. Yeah, it wasn't that cold though. It was cold, but it wasn't icy. It wasn't icy. Easy, easy. I'm, I've been out to dinner on that since, mate. So if you could just tell everyone there was icebox in there, that'd be great. <laughs> what um, how do you how do you maintain your own kind of um incentive for yourself, like your own chase your own dreams physically for your own physical health and wellness when you're thinking about so many other people's physical health and wellness at the same time. How do you prioritize yourself? 
to be honest, it's probably I've put myself on the back burner for the last probably 12 or 18 months, especially with the kids and business being busier than what I thought. And, you know, there was that stage where I didn't have coaches or anything. Yeah. Um, one thing that come up just in a real movement thing I did in this um, in this isolation period, like the leader is the limiter was something that kept coming up. And that's mm-hmm. kind of resonated pretty hard with me in this isolation period. And, you know, like the challenge I'm running at the moment, I feel like when I'm in optimal body composition, when I'm eating good, when I'm not drinking, when I'm – I feel like um, kind of snowballs back to the clients as well. So I really want to try to keep this up. And Do you, do you think that hmm, – what's the, what's the gentle way of saying this? Do you think that coaches, physical coaches like trainers, PTs, whatever, have to be in really great nick? for to achieve for someone to achieve whatever their health goal is or or is it more about the person the, you know the trainer the trainee's goals the person coming into the gym like if if I was super determined to lose 10 kilos um and I went into fitness first and they assigned a PT to me and that PT was 15 kilos overweight am I more or less likely to achieve my weight loss goal. Well, doesn't it matter? I think it matters, to be honest. Like, it comes a little bit from Keegan, but he's got it from Charles Pollock. When his thing was, if you're not under ten percent, you're fat. Keegan's thing is, if you're a coach, you shouldn't be over ten percent. If you're over ten percent, you're not practicing what you preach. I- okay, but what about if people, you know, uh, you know, you can't be what you can't see, right? So, I get that people want their PT to to be in really good nick. But what about the part of it that says, I want that person to look like me. I want I want to be able to relate to, I want them to be able to relate to me and vice versa. I want them to be able to understand my journey. Like if I, if I as a 49-year-old bloke in reasonable nick um, is given a PT who's 20 and 6% body fat and, you know, can run 5Ks in 19 minutes, am I just so intimidated and so disconnected from that person that I don't try myself and I don't show up for PTs? And well, You know what I mean? Like what's the, what's the sweet spot for people? To be pushed and to, be, to feel like they can't relate to the coach at all and then try harder so they can or not? I don't, I, I don't know if there's a right or wrong by this. I've kind of reflected on this a little bit myself and I kind of um, was like, why do some of my clients get such good results? And I think it comes back to the fact that, you know, I'm, I'm a really good communicator with people, but it's also that I've been on the journey. So I understand what it's like. Like I've lost 20 plus kgs myself. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I wish I knew now. I wish I knew back then what I know now. It would have been a hell of a lot smoother process. Like I tried every single fad diet under the sun. Um, But I think just that relatability and being able to, I guess, get yourself on the same level and, you know, be able to like, I don't really know the word I'm looking for, Um, but just to explain that you've been there. Yeah. That's a big one. Yeah, I I agree. Because there's um, a lot of PTs who are just, the best at PE at school and, you know, naturally fit and naturally lean and eat shit and know stuff all about nutrition and consistency because they've never had to do it. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. they don't know the struggles that, you know, um, Betty's going through, you know? Yeah, yeah. When her partner won't eat what she wants to eat, when she can't afford that or, you know, all of that, you know? Been well, I've been, I've been told by a coach before, so I hate broccoli, right? I, like I, it, I really hate it. Like it's, it's not like I don't like the taste of it. it. Right, but, but this PT was like, well, you've got to, you've got to eat. You've got to eat chicken, breast, brown rice, and broccoli. And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm not going to, so, so you'll have to come up with something else. So then, you know, like, and they, they just couldn't. They couldn't expand their view past what, do you know what I mean? Like it's a bit like the guy who's always been fit and has never had to think about anything. If you've always eaten chicken, breast, broccoli, and brown rice, you never have to expect anybody else to not be able to do that. But I just, I just won't do it. You can just sit here and shake my head. (laughs) Yeah. That's why I'd refuse to give anyone a meal plan because, say, for instance, I put chicken, broccoli, and brown rice on your meal plan and you did eat it, you're like, I don't like this, but I'm going to eat it. So Mm -hmm. here, you know, you do my six weeks plan, you eat what I put on the plan, you get really good results. What do you think is going to happen when this plan stops? Do you think you're going to keep eating chicken and broccoli? I don't need more broccoli, that's for sure. Yeah, no, you're right. So I'm all about principles, build it around the food that you like, but, you know, protein with every meal, you know, work out what nutrient-dense foods do you like, um, you know. Thanks. And and, and, it's, and it's especially true when you have kids, when you have growing kids and, like, I know my kids would eat stuff as babies that they now won't eat and they'll now eat stuff that they wouldn't eat when they were five. Like, you know, it's it's a constant moving thing that they can't explain to you they just and sometimes they just don't want to eat something because you really want them to like that there's a lot of that too with kids so yeah it's got to, it's got to have it's got to have longevity like you've, you've got to be able it's got to be sustainable we've got to stop this yo-yo you know everyone wants the easy options they want the meal replacement shakes they want the juice cleanse you know they want the five kilos off in in whatever three weeks but the five kilos didn't get there in three weeks you know like i'd rather you eat a burger every single weekend keep under your maintenance calories for the week and just a slow little half a kilo a week half a kilo a week you know like i've got uh one girl should be listening to this this is everyone um but she joined me at the start of the year um she was frustrated she wasn't getting the right um, weight loss results that she wanted and, you know, it's just these small step compounding steps. Here we are six months in and she's lost over 10 kilos, you know. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, and it's just like s- small steps over time just add up. But, you know, well, most people, if you... Those 10 kilos aren't coming back if if they've been done like that. That's the problem with Biggest Loser or or even yeah. the way that I lost. So I lost like 41K, 41 kegs in, you know, uh, kind of a six-month period. And... I was always going to rebound some of that. Like I didn't obviously go back, but I probably rebounded six kilos of that almost straight away because it was just, it was just, it was just too quick. It wasn't, it wasn't like I didn't have a chance to look at it and go, Oh, I'm doing well. You know, I'm moving forward. All I wanted to know was the numbers. I I just needed the numbers and yeah, that stuff's not, that's just if, not important. If you come in and see me and said, I want to lose weight, and I said, you know, we're going to work off two kilos a month, you'd be like, I'm not paying this guy. But you forget about Well, the, I would now. I yeah, would now. Yeah, 100%. But you forget about the, you know, the two becomes four, becomes six, becomes eight. Suddenly it looks pretty good, eh? 
But that's what that's why I think it's good that shows like The Biggest Loser aren't on TV anymore because, you know, it's a bit like my mate's a, a wall and floor tiler and he, the bane of his existence is the block. Yeah. Because people are like, oh, you know, ring him up. Oh, I need to, um, you know, tile our, our retile our, our bathroom. And he's like, oh, well, yeah, I, I could start, you know, on th- Thursday week. And they're like, oh, okay, so next weekend we'll have it finished. And then he's like, uh, no, like, no, maybe three weeks later. Like, you know, like, and people can't get their head around the fact that there's actually 11 Tylers doing that job on TV. And, and I think it's the same on Biggest Loser. You see some really fat dude lose a lot of weight during the 12 weeks. And you think, well, okay, that's, that's doable. If that guy can do it, I can do it. 100%. What, what's, what's been, what's been the biggest learning thing since you've become kind of fit and healthier yourself and started the gym and whatever, what's, what's been the thing that people come in the door and they say they want something and you go and you think to yourself, no, you don't, I'll show you how to do that. Like they come in and say, oh, I want to lose 30 kilos in three months. Is that what, is that what it is? Is it, is the most often misconception from the public how quickly they can lose weight or how quickly they can improve their lift or or what what's what's the uh, thing that a lot of people come in and you get weight loss definitely weight loss um like it's the challenges that i see it more you know like they sign up to my like i've got a 28 day challenge that i run and like they instantly want to lose five kilos plus you know which i have had people that have done but if you don't eat every single meal to a tea that's on the meal plan that you create obviously mm. You're not going to lose it. And most people have created that bad of habits over time that, you know, like to go and switch it, they can't do it. They do Monday to Friday, then they fall off the bandwagon. So I think, you know, Uh, you've got bad habits. We just like, I've got people coming like really bad habits. Let's let's write down what you normally eat every single day. And it's like, okay, for this month, all we're going to work on is just your breakfast. For breakfast, I want you to have protein every single breakfast. Next month, they nail that. Then you sort of look again, you know, and we're, what, what do we, let's work on your snacks. <laughs> everyone wants our, to, our job is, everyone our wants job to is so similar, Lugs. Our job is so similar, right? Like in, in my job is in my counselling part of my business, my therapy part of the business, like people come in and they tell me about the 30 years of trauma that they've had or, or, the trauma they had 30 years ago, which they haven't dealt with. So translation, the 30 years of trauma that they had, right? And they're like, and I really, I really want to not do that. Oh, no, I don't want to feel that anymore. Like you have to make that stop, make it stop today, you know, sort of thing. And I, and I always think, well, you didn't get sick overnight. You're not going to get well overnight. Like I, we can't do that. It's not like, it's not the movies. You don't sit down opposite Robert, Robin Williams and he, you know, makes you cry once and then you're all good. Like, it's so similar that we have that. So interesting that we have that similarity, you know, working on the body or working on the noggin is actually the same thing. There's no silver bullet. There's no, you know, switch that you just flick and then everything's okay. There's this, this deep rooted stuff that you can't just paint over. You've got to actually get it 100%, off. 100%. All links out. How, how important is that for people come in? Like how important is, um, someone's head noise to you as the coach or trainer 
when they come in and they say they want to work, you know, they want to do PT or they want to just get in the group and stuff. Like how much do you think about what they're thinking about? How much do you think about their mental health in, in helping with their, improve their physical health? Yeah, a lot. Like I always try and get on their level, um, see what their partner's role are going to play in this, you know, um, where they're at. Like some people don't even want to talk about nutrition to start. They just want to come and train, you know, and just take one small step at a time. Like let's just train. Sometimes it's my approach is like let's just train for a month and in a month let's reassess then and see where we're at. And then like let's maybe look at your brekkies then, you know, like I think. But you must have those moments where people have a moment, have a revelation, have a, a triggered in some way and tell you something or they can't do something and, and you get into a conversation as to why they can't lift that or, or they won't eat that and they tell you something that's quite kind of big in their life. Like how do you, how do you handle that? How, how do you – because, I mean, I'm hearing that all day, every day, so I, I, I'm more used to it, I guess. But how how do you handle that when somebody tells you their their innermost shit? Yeah, I think like does it happen? Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think too because I am so um, I guess relatable and can com- communicate with everyone. Like I have no problem like getting on level with any sort of person. Like we can always I can string up a conversation with anyone. Mm. Um, so people feel very comfortable to tell me, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Like I've seen it all before now, you know, like not like there's always something new, I guess, but like every day, I guess this is what I try and say every day, we get an opportunity to just be one little bit better. And by them walking in the door and having that conversation with me, like that's, that's the first step. And then if we can kind of compound from there. Because that, everyone, everyone's really such disappointed. a. People cancel that, you know, you could have done more, but I mean can only do what you can do. Well, they're all in, everyone's in such a rush, right? They, they can't just take that. Like I, I, I'm, I'm much the same. I, I'm encouraging people to just try to be better tomorrow, not better like fixed, but just better than they were today. Like and just, not compared to anyone else, just on their own terms, better than what they were. Yeah, and and even what they think better is, you know, every like the media and movies and people not being truthful about their own life and their own experiences and stuff have done other people's mental health so much damage, you know. Like, like for instance, something which I know you'll be able to relate to soon is the bullshit that parents tell other parents about the children. 100%. Oh, like at the school gate and you, you hear how wonderful little Henry is and you think, Henry's a little fucker. Like, are, you, are we talking about the same person here? You know, like, or... Or someone will say, oh, you know, my, my baby's a good baby. My baby sleeps and my baby does this. And you think, no, they don't. No baby does that. You know, like, just be truthful. I don't understand that. And while it's always that competition, it's always going to make someone else feel less than. That's kind of the problem, I guess. Yeah, 100%. Someone has to feel better and someone has to feel worse. Let's, um, let's wrap it up. Right. Give us a little um, insight. You spent a... Uh, four or five hours with my coaches. What's your thoughts on? I did. So, yeah, I, I came when I was in condo. We had a session where all the LTF coaches spent some time with me without Logs there first and then with him there. Um, and I was really, I was really impressed by a couple of things. One, that everybody 
has a different why when it came to why they work there, but also why they train people and why they train themselves. The diversity in that room was unreal. Like it was, it was so different. You couldn't get six more different people together with the same common interest. Um, so that was really good. I was really happy with how everyone saw their role and not just within the business, but within the community of condo too. Um, you know, the, no one was, I've, I've been saying to you Lakes, for a long time, you know, that you're, you, you aren't just, you're not just the leader of Logan thought fitness. I feel like you're a leader in that town of some description. And, and so I felt also that all of the, all of your coaches felt that as well of themselves, which is really nice. Um, and it's, you know, it was just a really affirming time to sit with people. And the time when you weren't there was actually really enlightening too. Just to, no one bagged you or anything like that. Um, I was going to say I wouldn't tell you, but I'd absolutely tell you if someone <laughs> bagged you. But because uh, I'd get a kick out of that myself. But um, there wasn't any of that. People were, people were on the same journey, you know. And, and because they all train in the gym themselves to some degree, they all had buy-in to want the brand to be successful. Um, and that's a big difference. If I go and do that exact thing at Globo Gym in Sydney, you know, some fitness first or some terrible place like that, people don't care about that. People are just going like you used to go in Essential, knock off, walk out the door and never think of it again. Yeah. You know, but, but all your coaches are on the same journey. They all have a different role. They have different amount of work they're doing there, you know, different roster and stuff, but it didn't matter. Um, yeah, I was I was pretty impressed. Actually. It's uh, changed a lot from when we first started talking. I was coaching every single session on my own. <laughs> Mate, and doing all that PT and just giving people everything for free all the time. I um, found a goal. Actually, I was cleaning my office the other day to have 30 clients. That's what, That was what was written on that piece of paper. <laughs> well, I remember working towards another goal with you, another number goal of, of clients, and it took us a long time. to. It felt like it took us a long time to get there, but it it was just that final little push. And really- I'd get within one and then a couple had cancelled and drop back down. <laughs> and then we consistently got above it and then the whole world got sick. Right. So but we'll, we'll, we'll get back there, mate. Like I, I, I am genuinely impressed with what, 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 what we are doing, what you're doing, really. But what, what, what you're doing as a brand um, in that community, I feel like if every little town, not a little town, if every country town had a community and a brand like yours in it, then you know every other, every one of those towns would be better off. Not just because I think you're a good guy and I think you're building a good brand, but because it's a it's a way for a community to come together and do something positively for for their own mental health and physical health. And I think that's desperately lacking in a lot of country towns. I feel like we're just getting started, to be honest. Like yeah, me too, mate. Team now, we're getting the systems in place. Like it's But I isn't it interesting we'll be doubling in no time. Isn't it interesting though? No matter how far you grow, and it, there's always something else. There's always the next step. There's always, you know, like like we we did we did all that work in the first few months together and and whatever, and then we're like, right, let's start on the systems. And the systems of the business, we're probably I don't know, ten percent done, fifteen percent done, you know. And when all that's done, there'll be something else. There's always room, like like you say, to people coming in the door. There's, we just got to be better tomorrow. There's just there's always another step you can take, whether it be in business or your life or 
your health or your relationships or your parenting or whatever, there's always a step forward. Um, we don't always take it. I don't always take it, but there is always a step forward. 100%. All good, buddy. Let's wrap it up. Let's do that. Appreciate your time. See you guys. That was, uh, that was unreal. I'm sick of us not doing this right. That's why I think I'm cutting you from my life. No more. I'm sick of us not doing this right. That's why I think I'm cutting you from my life. No more wasted energy spending a pace for every hour of waste. I need an escape to center me. And I don't mean to make a rush for the door, but times are currency. I'm currently poor. I'll be leaving it soon. I don't mean to be rude, but this scene ain't for me. Look, your mom's seeing you new. There it is. Thanks for listening, guys. If you like this, take a screenshot, pop it on your Instagram story, and tag Logan Thorpe and Logan Thorpe Fitness. If an, if you haven't done so already, make sure you jump on and leave a review. Good or bad, just leave a review. Till next time.